When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. Hello, this is the Excess Manchester Football Social, the only place on your radio where red and blue go head-to-head every single night. It's bare-knuckle, no-holds-barred, top-soft debates for the next hour. I'm Jim, and with me in the studio is Manchester United legend Mickey Thomas and City's very own Gary Owen. Evening, boys. How are we doing? Jim, Jim we're very good. Gio. Gio's with a lovely blue top on again tonight. You can tell City are doing well. <laughs> Showing his colours. Well, he's sure not in a red jumper, Mickey. You're not you're flying your colours To match his face. <laughs> <laughs> also in the studio tonight, we've got City podcaster, writer and journalist David Mooney, whose brand new book, Looks Like It's Scunny Next Season, is all about that legendary Division 2 playoff well back in 1999, a game that changed the future of Manchester City. Evening, David. Good evening. You well? I'm very well, thank you. We're going to talk about that book a little bit later and we're going to get into the weekend's games in just a moment. If you want to get involved, the number to call 0345 7625. The text number is 87711. Before we talk about the games, I want you to all have a little think about something. Everyone in the studio and everyone at home as well because I want to know who is the best player in the Premier League right now. After this weekend's hat-trick, there's been a few people claiming that the best player title goes to Eden Hazard. They said it on Match of the Day. His manager was saying it in the post-match press conference. So it was a penalty and an own goal. Well, Thank we'll God. talk about it later. Have a think. Who do you think beats him? If it's not Eden Hazard, who is it? Eight double seven double one on the text. Oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five is the number. We'll get onto that very shortly. I know why Mickey T says it's not Eden Hazard because Mickey thinks it's Chris Smalling. After that weekend's performance, what a goal from Smalling, Mickey. Yeah, one of the best I've ever seen. I don't know how he did it. He doesn't know either, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a great goal. Needed that goal as well at that particular time. He's looking lean. <laughs> Isn't he looking lean? He looks, he looks he, really, he, really I lean. I think he's always been that way, guys. Um, no, I saw him uh, a couple of weeks ago in town. He was in a restaurant that I was in. And I thought... His eyes mm. went... 
No, uh, not with the mad barnet he's got now. He's not. He didn't have that. He had normal hair then. Well, that was Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho's comment after the game was he likes everything about Smalling at the moment apart from his daft haircut. But I even thought then. another goal. And you know, he was eating with his wife and some friends, but he he looked very trim. I mean, lean as can be. But I mean, a lot of footballers are really lean now. And uh, when I saw him on TV, and they always say, you're okay, it's no good for me, because they always say, TV puts £10 on you. <laughs> Somebody said to me, how many cameras are on you then? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did, even on TV, looks, he looks in great nick. It was a good goal, Mickey. It was a good performance. Yeah, I mean, it was a good goal. I think we, we got the goal at the right time, the first one, because I thought Watford had a good, good opportunity to win, uh, or take the lead in the game, not win mm. the game, but take the lead in the game, and... We got the goal. Um, a little bit fortunate for Lukaku, but he gets the goal. And the second goal, he says, "Small, was magnificent strike." Oh, you know, I don't know <laughs> what he was doing there. To be honest, but you know, what? I think it, whether it was or it wasn't, but it seems to be it was. It looked like a, a, he scored um, similar one. Before, yeah, like that. I scored. thought it was Jesse Lingard. I was watching out the corner of my eye on telly, and I thought it was yeah. Jesse Lingard. One's who six scored foot it. three, and the other one isn't six foot. Well, three. at a glance. I'll tell you what. I don't know what you must get widescreen on your TV. Those black and whites <laughs> have gone out of date. Trust me. But you know, he, um, the corner kick was drilled by Young right to Fellaini, and Fellaini was like right at the back of the goals, who powered above somebody who was marking him that was no right to mark mm. him. We thought there was going to be no danger there. Mm. And he headed back into the danger area that came to small and he did the rest it's of the chest goal. and volleyed it in. It was well-worked goal. That's yeah. why pro- and I think Mourinho went wild because they, they got the first goal. But also, he looked round for the guy who's now the new coach there as well as being elevated yeah. from younger. And they must have been working on that. So it's nice when you do stuff in training and it works on a, on a match day. Well, what for the only good run, guys, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm beaten until that point. Yeah, up to that point, yeah. But I just thought the game really, for me, for the quality, I don't think they're going to do much more No, after the early uh, victory. No, I, no. I think they'll struggle. Well, it was a good result. I mean, 2-1, you beat Watford, as you say, they're unbeaten, they're still in the top half of the table, but you would have hoped for something a bit more emphatic than the actual result turned out to be, wouldn't no, you? No, I think it's a good result. I Sorry think it's a good result, you. guys. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we're trying to get there, aren't we? But it's taking a little bit longer, but all you can do is win football games, whether it's, you know, not good to watch or not. But if you're winning games... It beats confidence. Let's talk about some of the positives out of that match. We don't get to talk about United and positives very often for the last couple of seasons. So, Mara and Fellaini. Let me enjoy. Go on, Mickey. Yeah, I was was at the game, guys. I went to the game. I sat in the crowd behind the goal and uh, I just looked at him personally. He's very disruptive for the opposition. Oh, absolutely. um, He's awkward. um, His presence is there for, for sure now, but... He's not the most gifted player, you know. You look at Davis Silva in City's midfield or someone else. Yeah, like but he's a different type but of player. He's his own type of player and he has an input. I think he has, in games, he does have an input and he can be very effective if you use him right. But on Saturday, he played very deep, sat sometimes in the back three or four, whatever we ever had, and he played a game that was to spoil what for the Because he, he stops balls, he protects the back two or back yeah. four when you're defending. And he's very influential going forward. Now, why he's not easy on the eye? Because under Alex Ferguson, where he had all the success, is that United's midfield were midgets in comparison. They had Keane, they had Scholes, Beckham on the right, Giggs on the left. So they weren't a big uh, a big team, no. and it was a different way of playing, but, you know, different I, I times think and different players. the way he is with his hair and his, and his height-wise and that, people has, don't see him as a footballer. Has he had a rinse on it or something? He's gone like a bit of a... He's either going grey or he's had a bit of a yeah, bomb do, he, hasn't he? He's had a bit of a, a mm. lightning on it, yeah. But he looked like a more mature player at the weekend, I thought. He hey, wasn't listen, making rash challenges. He wasn't flying in with his elbows. To all the elbows. guys in the studio and everyone listening, that the one thing that is important for him is Josie Mourinho picks him 
and mm. give him a new contract. So that indicates to me that he has a very much a big part of the season. But if you look at the at the goals, whether you like the way they was uh, presented or, you know, it wasn't slick uh, football that the goals had come, but maybe something's been lumped in there. But he gets his head on the end of it and he scored vital goals yeah, for United yeah. last season and he will score and stop vital goals this year for United. He's not pleasing to everybody on the eye and he won't play every week because he'll play for certain games. And that, and that one was influential. We talk a lot about how players don't develop under Jose Mourinho, that he buys in the finished article. But here, with Marin Fellaini, this is a player that has developed under Mourinho, isn't no, it? No, he's not developed under Mourinho, let me tell you. It was like that as Everton, but no, he was United an attacking never player. used him. He was an attacking it player that, at Everton. Jim, it wasn't, he didn't develop or mm. hasn't done well. It's what the fans, for me, you know, yeah. we're all fans, and I mean, we've been players, but we're all fans now, is that... They have a perception about him. They don't like him because of his hair. They don't like the way he plays. He's awkward. He elbows people. But from a professional point of view, we play the game, guys. He is a player that can have a, a good impact in games. He's a spoiler when you play against him and he's a nuisance when... A, a spoiler yeah. when, you're, when he has to defend against you and he's also a nuisance when you have to defend against you him. You wouldn't want to play against him, you know. Well, I wouldn't. I'm only four foot. What are you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you on my shoulders will yeah, be yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't reach him no. then, guys, would we? Obviously, Flaney had a role in breaking up the play and protected the United defence yeah. very well. But also, the other fringe benefit of that was it seemed that Paul Pogba really benefited from having Herrera and Fellaini both playing a more defensive role. He was given a bit of freedom and he had one of his better games for United, didn't he? He did have one of his better games, but I, know, I want more than that. I think there's more to come from him. Um, yeah, given a bit more freedom. Um, plays two or three great balls through to Lukaku who didn't finish off the ch- opportunity but yeah Pogba did well but there's more to come from him definitely more he's just hiding it at the moment he's well, I'm, I'm biding his time it. third he's season for Pogba will be the one is that right Mickey? disguising it <laughs> <laughs> very good disguising yeah, but, yeah he, has a, he is a player there's no question about that but what you want is what you're seeing in the World Cup more from more of that on a regular basis being more consistent you know it's not Doing it one game, not playing them well the next game. It's been consistent week in, week out. And that's what the fans want to see. Burnley and Watford, they're not the most impressive names in the footballing world, but it's two away them. wins. So now it's important to build on that for your next victory, You ask any team at the top, the teams they don't want to play, are the likes of Burnley, Watford. Because they don't get Especially at home, you don't want to play them when, you don't when want you're going them. away. Yeah. And these are games you have to win. The big games take care of themselves. City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, whatever. They will take care of themselves because you don't have to have a really team sort for that, do you? Nope. Just go out and play. Lifts by the occasion. Jose Mourinho what? certainly seemed happy with the response at the end of the game, which is more than could be said for Pep Guardiola, Gary. After City's 3-0 mm. win at the weekend, he hauled the players back in on Sunday to show him replays of all the misses they had in their game. You know something? I, I actually believe it's not just about the misses, although, again... Three and it could have been, it could have been ten easily. And I keep saying it every game. People must say, "Oh, here he goes again." But if it was that game. It could have been seven after twenty minutes. I'm not joking. So it could have been ten easily. But the problem about it is, yes, it'll be upset that we're, we're not putting. Instead of being waiting for that second goal, we could have been. The game should have been finished after twenty minutes, and it wasn't. It was one nil. But anyway, long story. But the what is really upsets him. It's not that somebody goes on a dribble and they get tackled or they, or they take a shot from maybe an angle that's probably not the best angle when a pass would have been better. It's when simple, basic things of controlling a ball and pass it, which they work on 
absolutely every second of their training session, it's about keeping possession, controlling it, make sure you don't it doesn't bounce off you, and being able to pass to a blue shirt, which is sounds simple, but it's one of the hardest things to do is to just play it simple. And and simple passes were going astray, and that's what's driving so them. But don't you think, though, guys? I mean, if you're creating opportunities, there's not a lot wrong, is there? Well, you are no, going to miss opportunities. No, that happens no, every game. You're right, but, but you're, with the quality at the top teams, you know, we had thirty odd shots. Mm. I think only I think nine on target and three goals, so it's one in three. So okay, but you having thirty odd shots and you're getting chances, and some of even the ones that weren't on target should have been on target. So I understand why we made hard work. We did make hard work because the game was always going to be won and at one point you didn't know whether it was going to be four, five, six. It could have been any. Uh, and then 3-0. Three 3-0 nil. Three nil looks a great result. But again, I'll get back to it. Yes, we missed a load of chances which would have made the scoreline even... It should have been because 3-0 flattered Fulham is that the simple things of being able to control, control the ball and pass the ball, which they work on. I mean, he's obsessed with keeping possession and making sure you don't give the ball away. Because when you've got it, as Jean Cruyff used to say, the opposition can't score. And we give the ball away far too many times for his liking. That's but why you're holding it. Guys, on last season to this season, mm. is it any different? No. It's great football. It's beautiful I, to watch. I haven't seen anything different. Oh, some, seen of the, different. some of the passes and link-up plays that really only the thing was missing was a goal at the end of it. It would have, would have been watching it week in, week out, forever. I mean, some of the plays that we worked our way through and the final pass, final ball, just let us down when really they should have done better. I understand why he hauled him in because that's something that he won't put up with. Along with Gary Owen and Mickey Thomas in the studio, we've also got David Mooney, who is a City podcaster and author, who was nodding along there where he was <laughs> saying the football's been beautiful. I mean, Pep's saying he's frustrated at these missed chances. And when you're seeing City, they could win, as Gary says, 8 or 9 nil. Do you find it frustrating sitting in the stands and then not finishing off these chances? Because I feel like we've had this conversation every week for the last three years about yeah. City not you can, filling their chances off. Yeah, you can be frustrated that they're not scoring the chances, but if they've scored three or four in a game, you kind of come away and go, well, they've they've done more than enough to win the game anyway. So it's, you know, it's there, there is a limit to how frustrated you can be. I actually wonder if Guardiola hold them in to because after last season, after the, after how well last season went, how do you improve on that? How how can yeah. he keep coming in and saying, you know, we just need to keep doing what we're doing? He's got, I think he's got to be a little bit more unpredictable. He's got to be a bit harsher on them this season. So I, I, do you yeah. believe that he has hauled them in? Because this I, is paper reports. I'm not sure I believe he was. They, well, they the, probably had well, a planned the, the, training session. The phrase "hauled in" is very tabloid, isn't it? I'm not. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how uh, kind of how angry he was, or how much of it was for show for for us on the outside. Mm. But uh, I, I, you can certainly see there was, Gary's right. There was a number of opportunities. There was what the one that stands out was right near the end. Bernardo Silva. Oh. He, he scored a goal at Arsenal that was that, that, just exact a mirror image of the one he missed on mm. on Saturday. Ballooned, didn't he? he just he just leant back and, and skied it, and, and that sort of It was fantastic goal. Yeah, yeah. that sort of chance is the one that Guardiola will look at and think, well, that's a dead cert. It's a dead cert goal from that position. He just missed chances in football. If you watched the West Ham-Everton game at the weekend, Everton missed countless chances time and time again. You just, you You do. You score more than you've missed. What we were saying is the quality of the player at City when they get into those positions should at least either hit the target or make the keeper work. And it's not like Bernardo Silva's out of confidence. You know, you, you look at you look at someone like Tosin at Everton who is scraping the barrel for confidence. Bernardo Silva's got it in buckets at the minute. Let's talk do about think, Bernardo. The thing as well, sorry Joe, uh, Jim, is that with Liverpool to some degree Chelsea winning and, and still up there with you early on because City 
Last season, last eleven. No, the but moment. we've got the same we've got the same results think, as we started off last season. Yeah, I was just going to say, do you think he might be concerned about those two teams lingering yeah. around you? No, yeah. not a chance. Yeah, I mean, the the thing for the for the time being as well is, you know, Liverpool didn't have that many players get late on in the World Cup. They've not had the two games a week start yet, so there's a lot of factors yeah, to come hopefully. into play so far. Here's a difference between City last season and this season. Kevin De Bruyne out at the okay. moment, and Bernard, Bernardo seems to be stepping up into that role a little bit better. That. I think City missed KDB last season, and it doesn't necessarily seem the case this season. We will miss him. He can't leave City that quality and not miss him. It just means that we've got somebody who can come into that position. I'm not saying he can't do the job. He probably could, but you know, you want him and Bernardo Silva in the same team, not one or the other. But listen, we've started off exactly the same we did last season. We dropped two points against Everton, albeit we had one sent off. But you know, we drew at Wolves. Wolves are not a bad side and they'll take points off They're teams handy, this aren't they, this season? They Very handy. They'll take points off teams this season. So, listen, it's not about, as Mickey just said then, and I suppose for United as well, they'll be the same thing. They, It's not what other teams do. It's what we do. It's what United does and what mm. City does will determine what your season. It's not what anybody else does. Listen, and if, listen, if City get anywhere near 100 points again this season, they'll win the league. If they don't, whoever does win it deserves to. And by the way, yeah... Um, I'd be on that back in as well. Anyone <laughs> hundred points? In fact, I'll go a step further. I'll show my backside all around this office. There you go. Mark the date. That's uh, six yeah. seventeen on the seventeenth of September. There's Gary's promise mm. to get his. It's not the prettiest site either, by the way. In the Etihad I don't mean my backside. I mean the office. Come on, <laughs> Let's talk about Leroy Sane because there's been a lot of talk about his attitude being a little bit negative. He didn't look to be struggling with any kind of attitude problems coming on score. But then, what was it? Three minutes. He got his first goal. One. It was. It was. Ninety seconds. Split the difference, one and off. There we yeah. go. So no problems there. You'd think he no. looked. He looked fit. He looked healthy. He looked like he was in the right frame of mind. He played good football. He created. He could have had another couple. In fact, the the, the one just for half time should have been a goal. It, yeah, you know. Stood, you be. know that VAR. Mm. They did it on five teams on Saturday. City was one of them, but wasn't at the ground. It was done in a hub, just as well, a trial. Like a test. Thing. Yeah, it's a test. Okay. So they did five. Five ones. It'd be interesting to see if the Liverpool one was on VAR as well, because because they've actually said that the City one, it would have been a goal. If it was. VAR it was the all the three o'clock, so the Liverpool wasn't. Mm, yeah, it would be interesting Liverpool to know. Liverpool got away with that, actually, yeah. that penalty. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to win; they did, but they got away with it in the end. Etihad seems to be coming a little bit of a fortress either way for City at the moment. Do you know the last game that was lost at the Etihad Stadium? United. <sighs> United. Yeah. Mickey's told you that. This is getting a conspiracy. <laughs> Joe's outside, oh, no, no. changing the predictions. You're inside now, slinging it at me. Mickey gave me 20 quid to mention that, so I thought I would. Right. Check it, check it. It's the five you've got to worry about, isn't it, Mickey? <laughs> Six points for the United and City teams this weekend. A good weekend for Manchester, but who gets the title of the best player in the Premier League at the moment? Apparently, it should be Eden Hazard if some pundits and certainly the Chelsea manager is to be believed after the weekend. We're going to settle this once and for all in a minute on Excess Manchester. So give us a call. I want your views. Who is the best player in the Premier League right now? 0345 1111 is the number. 87711. Make your nomination. And we'll talk to you next on the Excess Manchester Football Social. This is Excess Manchester. This is the Legends Review on the Excess Manchester Football Social. Our legends are Mickey Thomas and Gary Owen. Not just people who talk about the game, to people who played the game as well. We've got David Mooney in the studio as well today. I was going to say legends. Come on. Legends. You've questioned the legendary status of our, of our guests. I mean, no, our guests my legendary status. Eh? That's fair enough. And David Mooney as well, who is a City <laughs> podcaster. 
and writer who you just heard there. We're going to talk about the best player in the Premier League right now at the moment. Who gets your nomination? 87711 if you want to send us a text in. Lauren MUFC on Twitter says, just listening to XS Manchester and one of the benefits of being stuck in traffic. They're discussing the best player in the Premier League and then discussing Fellaini in the next sentence. Maybe they should just save time and merge the two topics together. Fellaini has the best player in the Premier League at the moment. Even for you, Mickey, that must be a little bit of a stretch. To it was Mickey that, that said one. it. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many players you mentioned. You know, the, the team that are doing well, City, Liverpool, got players. But we got David De Gea. We, uh, we put him down as a, a probably one of the best because we're always under pressure. Providing yeah. the shot straight at him, obviously. Otherwise, oh, he's no, a great keeper. He had a great, great game keeper. at the weekend. He's had a great few keeper. dodgy weeks, but he did have a great game at the weekend. We're going to go straight to the phones on this one because we've got Ryan waiting to make his nomination. Evening, Ryan. Hey, Jim Boy, you're right, mate. Yeah, I'm good, my friends. Who are you nominating? Going, Who's right. best player in uh, the Premier League for you right now? I'm, I'm a bit biased, me, but I, I, I think David Silva can't walk past him, to be honest. I think there's two people in the studio here who would very much agree with you saying David Silva. What yeah, is it about it, Silva like, that makes him? It's, it's everything, you know, he's, he's, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm the younger generation, but he's the best player I've ever seen in a city shirt. It's just like his awareness, his, the way he, he reads the game, everything, you know, his passing. He's just he's just a different level. And it's the way when he gets on the ball, he's just so calm, you know, and he, he can find that yard that no other player can find. And, he, and he's just got that knack for just changing the game like that. I mean, everyone bangs on about De Bruyne, and that's fair enough because he is quality. But for me, Silver's just like gravy. Silver's a weird one because for City fans, he always comes out top of the greatest player lists, certainly in the current yeah. team at the moment. But if you ask most other supporters of Premier League teams, I don't think David Silver is under a bridge. He's definitely one hundred. Yeah, but you ask the players from teams. Oh, you ask the Gary Nevilles, or you ask the Jamie Carragher's, or or you ask any of the players that play against. And they'll be the first to say who'll choose him for the play of the, of, of the, in well, the it's team. It's a, a bit like Paul Scholes, isn't it? Because Paul yeah. Scholes got a bit underrated in like Unbelievably basketball, underrated. He was absolutely quality for me. I mean, obviously I'm a City fan, but he was... He I was don't think anyone in the game, though... No. I, I don't think anyone in the game would argue with that. That play the game, or playing the game at this moment in time, would argue what you said, because... Without doubt, he is a class act. He's, he's got a magical left foot. You know, he has big impacts in games. I am a big fan. I mean, my, my favourite player is obviously Aguero, I think, because he, he gets on with his job. He scores goals week in, week out. Ultimate professional for me. But if I was going to argue with you, I probably couldn't, because I think David Silva is one of the best players at this moment in time. But you know, I'd tell which is hard to choose after so, just a few games of the season. We've all watched our own teams. So... I don't know whether or not Fellaini or Lukaku <laughs> or David De, David De Gea. Of course, I do because everything he does, yeah. it, it has to be shown because the, the saves normally. Mm. And it, you know, somebody, somebody today say that uh, David De Gea is the Lionel Messi of goalkeepers in the Premiership, <laughs> but he is. He's an unbelievable keeper. And United have said in the past that you know, without Schmeichel, they, they'd have been 15 points worse off. So a keeper is important. Now, City, we. Because we watch them every week, we can say City. Mickey, because he watches United. Uh, you, because you watch, we watch which team you support. But it was a good result at Everton. <laughs> uh, so, but we all Not know what our players. But to say that another player is probably the best, like Hazard or something, it, mm. I don't know because I've not seen enough of him. It's very difficult, you know, yeah, to get the single one player. You mentioned Hazard at Chelsea. Yeah, he's a very big player for them. Um, Kane for Tottenham. You got Liverpool, Marnie for, for being. I don't know. We've got abundance of players there. But for me. 
if you're going to single one player out, it's going to be for a reason why a team are doing well and why the top of the league. And you can't argue against City being top of the league. So you'll say why at the top of the league? Because people like De Bruyne, Silva, Aguero are top, top players, aren't they? So for me, it's very hard to go against one of those players at City. Well, Silver, Silver's, been at, Silver's been at City, what, eight years? And I, you can count on one hand the number of bad games he's had. Yeah. Which is yeah. a pretty impressive I mean, yeah, stat, well, isn't it? He's struggling. Yeah. I, I can't even think of a, a bad game he's had, which is ludicrous. Man, he's had one bad game I'm getting to an age now that I can't remember that far. <laughs> but, but to be fair, I can't remember uh, this season or last season where you thought David Silver was not a pivotal part mm. of what we were doing. Ryan, cheers for your call. Thanks for your nomination, it's mate. Appreciate that. Oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five. If you want to have your say, who is the greatest player in the Premier League right now? Is it Eden Hazard? Ants on the phone. Evening, Ant. Hello. Um, I disagree with Eden Hazard for one reason. I mean, I'd love to have him in my side, but if you Who's look his side? at the... Who's side? <laughs> well, my, my side. I'm a City fan as well, so you should probably guess where I'm going. That's in why a <laughs> <laughs> but the, no, the thing is with, with Hazard, uh, when there was all that hassle with Conte and before with Jose as well, he was one of the players that just seemed to switch off. Now, th- this is from the fans' point of view, and I'm not played, and it seemed to be that his heart wasn't in, he wasn't there, he, he wasn't there. But then when you go for the player that I'm going to put forward, um, he's been consistent uh, since he's been at the club, and it's just happened to mirror the success that they've had at the club. And I'll be honest, the only game I saw where I thought I wasn't sure who we'd got was right at the very beginning where he seemed to sort of like it seemed to pass him by a little bit he was adapting to the game and then I saw him a few weeks yeah well this yeah, but this, this is right at the, this is right at the beginning for Silva when he came in and honestly that first game I saw him in I thought what have we bought here because we spent a lot of money it was like a massive pay packet we put him on and I looked at it and he just the game seemed to pass him by and then within two three games it just clicked and he's he not well let down. Day, the call I got told you the bad call <laughs> <laughs> you well, must have one hell of a memory because <laughs> he did. He was, he was, in, in fairness, he was very slow getting into the team, but once he was in, yeah. he was he was he, you were never moving him. And that's the thing as well. He's not been out like there's other players you could look at over the last eight seasons since he's been at the club, like you know, Company and of course De Bruyne has come in recently, and Aguero's been there. But the thing is, they've all suffered from injuries and they've been absent now. Although Silva was absent for for a lot of last season with the problems with his son, uh, and those of you that have seen the documentary, you, you've seen how the team rallied around that. And when he came back, when he was able to play, when it was right, he still played. And I think he symbolises very much the beating heart of City. He's consistent, and I think now that he's retired from international and he's focused on the league, we saw on Saturday what we've got from him. And to still be delivering that performance eight seasons in... Well, are we getting a little bit confused here, Anne? Are we confusing two things? The greatest player in the Premier League right now, so the one with the talent, the one that gets the goals, the one that makes things happen, the one that can turn the magic on out, and nothing with a club legend. Because there is no doubt that David Silva is a club legend because he stayed at the club through thick and thin. You can tell he loves the club. He's not been very... much thin since he's been there. No, that's been a great well, deal of thin, hasn't it? But... Four games, five games. He's got a bit thin on top. Um, but I think the thing is, like from the from the fans' point of view, in terms of watching the game, you know, it, it's if you look at, his, you know, he's not getting as many goals as other players. But as as a player to watch, he's one of these players that is a joy to go and watch. And so it, it comes down to your greatest definition. If you're saying it's because of the number of assists, 
or the number of goals, then maybe he's not going to be, by goals-wise, he's not going to be at the top of that because he's only just hit 50 eight seasons in. But as a player to watch, as a player to give you sheer joy and to give 100% every time he's out there, it's got to be David Silver for me. And that sums up the perfect import. People say about having too many foreign players in the Premier League, but if we have more David Silvers, it can only be a good thing. And Jim, on, on just one thing on there. There's nothing stopping him being both a club legend and the best player right no. now. Mm. No, but they are they are potentially They're two different, different things, things, but he's both of them. And cheers for your call, mate. Appreciate that. If you want to get involved, 0345 We'll get David's and Gary's and Mickey's nominations for this in a moment. Even though it's difficult to pick one, I'm going to force you into picking a best player in the Premier League right now. We'll do one more of these calls for now because Johnny's on the phone. Evening, Johnny. Evening, how's it going? I'm very good, mate. I just want to make sure before we chat that you're not a City fan that's going to nominate David Silver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm from good. the other half of Manchester. Um, so I appreciate David Silver. I'm probably going to be as biased as your first two callers because um, <laughs> I'm going to pick a United player. Um, but I think sometimes when we have these conversations and we talk about who's the best player in the Premier League or you know, when you see the nominations go in for things like World Player of the Year, so very often it's strikers and it's attacking players who are mentioned. Yeah. Very rarely do defenders get talked about or goalkeepers. Um, and you may accuse me of bias, but for me, the best player in the Premier League is David De Gea. Um, I think week in, week out, the guy, he pulls off miraculous saves. And the thing about it is he pulls off miraculous saves and make it look like it was nothing. And when you watch it, you think, oh, yeah, any goalkeeper could have done that because he makes it look so easy. Um, and something that was said just before about Eden Hazard, and you look at Hazard's last season uh, when Mourinho was a the manager there and how poorly he performed and the things their fans were saying about him. And De Gea is playing in what's probably the poorest United team, definitely defensive-wise, over the last 10 years or so. And he just pulls us out of uh, desperate situations so often and did again at the weekend against Watford. How important is the hair, Mickey? Because not oh, just important. for the... I think Gio said uh, before about Michael and United were great. I, I, I think that, you know, goalkeepers are very important. That's why City went out and spent a vast amount of money. Liverpool have done the same as well. Uh, no, it's an important area because if you get that right, you've got a chance of winning things. Um, not saying we're going to win the big thing this season, but, you know, you've got a better chance when you've got a top goalkeeper. Because the defensive unit is, for me, is where you win games and that. Because you don't concede, you've got a chance if you've got quality in the final third to win games. So, for me, am I saying he's the best goalkeeper at this moment in time? There's only five games gone, isn't there? Mm. We, we saw about five games already. Is that yeah. what we're talking about? Well, I've seen De Gea every game and he's been outstanding. So, I've watched City, I've watched Liverpool. Um, he's had some. He, he's had to work hard as well. He's made some great saves. Um, you know, it's all about opinion. Play for your club. You're going to be more for him, or if he doesn't play, you're going to be against. I, I don't know. It's a very difficult one. You want me to be honest? I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Well, that's honest. <laughs> I really don't know, Gio. Why is I think it? If I said someone just for the sake of it, then I'd be lying. And you know. I'm not going to do that. No, but we've said it's hard to say yeah. who you think's best player because five games. five games, and we've only watched our own teams and the teams yeah. that we've played against. Yes, we've seen on Match of the Day and highlights of, of, of different things that's happened. And they're uh, all going mad about Hazard. Yeah, but he's a great player. There's no two ways about it. The first goal he scored was excellent. The second one was a penalty. Third one was, or second one was a deflection off the of Bamba into his own net and then the third one's a penalty or whichever way around so he scored three I've seen goals. better hat-tricks he's a, he a match winner yeah but a hat-trick's a hat-trick isn't it somebody's got to take a penalty you've seen players miss penalties 
Johnny, thanks for your call and thanks Good for your coffee. nomination, mate. Appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Cheers, Cheers dude. Oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five. I don't know. Him? Well, it's not going to be a West Ham player, is it? It is, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's, what's he called up front? Uh, oh, yeah. He's good for us, but he's not good in terms of the Premier League quality. I'll tell you what, I don't know. Stoke I, it's must difficult have to belong Kevin De Bruyne for me at the moment. Although this season, Stoke obviously, he's must have played him wrong he because played. he is a centre forward. There's no two ways about it. Since so. West Ham, they've moved him. And you got to credit David Moyes for that. Cre yeah. David Moyes doesn't get credit for many things, but that's one of the things you can give him a little bit of credit for. Why do? All these nominations belong to attacking players, apart from De Gea there, but the suggestions I got earlier when I was talking about this on social media was KDB, David Silva, uh, Hazard, uh, Kane, Salah. They're all attacking players. In fact, get this, the last defender to win the Ballon d'Or was... Answers? Um, Ramos? No, Cannavaro, back in 2006. So it's been 12-odd years since the defenders even had a look-in. So why? Is it just because goals win games? Is that is it as simple as that? It's more exciting, isn't it? That's what it is. It's, you, but does that you, make you, you a watch better player? But no, but you watch a player pick the ball up and, uh, and run with it, beat three or four men and stick it in the bottom corner. You remember that. You don't. You, you forget the time, the number of times where, where defenders slide in and take the ball and the man and win everything. You know those crunching tackles? Yeah. Stand up and carry the ball away. Yeah, they happen once every couple of games sort of thing. And that, that could be the difference between winning and losing a game in a tight game. But that's not the thing that sticks in fans' minds. It's always the, it's who put the ball in the net and who you know who created that chance. And, yeah, and, and, and you talk about the first things about the goals, who scored it, Hazard, uh, Hattrick, great creative play. But City had clean sheet on, on Saturday, as, as did other clubs, but the clean sheet goes out the window. So the defenders and goalkeepers don't really get the credit they deserve unless... It's somebody like De Gea that makes a great save at 2-1 that could have been 2-2. And the very best teams tend to spend more time attacking than they do defending. The interesting thing from a City point of view is I asked a similar question to this at the tail end of last season. Now I'm asking the best player and City fans tended to go for, as I said, KDB, Silva, couple went for Aguero. Last season I asked who is the most important player in the Man City squad and Fernandinho came out what, far ahead of everyone else as the most important player. And it's An interesting that your does. most important player could be different from your best player. Unbelievable job he does. Um, and and he's, he is underrated. I mean, he, he made the first goal on Saturday, he broke it up and then made it. I mean, people like Fernandinho don't get the credit that they break so much up, but it's not the breaking up that people remember. It's the creativity and the goals going in the back of the net, not somebody that breaks it up to give it to somebody that can maybe cross it. But on, on Saturday... He broke it up, he created it, and Sane scored the first goal, as we said, in a minute and a half. Is there any point in me asking you to settle on your pick for the best player in the Premier League at the moment? Are I you think just going to Gary agreed, aren't we? What, yeah, what yeah. have you gone to? David Silva. David Silva, you're both. Mickey, you're going to plump for someone? Are you going to manage to pick well, someone up? Are you going to look no, me in the eye and say, I'm still, I have to say, if I say someone, I'm, I'm not really sure because I, I don't watch City every week, every yes, game. Right. Don't watch Liverpool every game. So my opinion wouldn't be worth anything. Not at normies anyway, but tonight it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> right. One final one then. Something that might be a little bit easier to handle. I want you to gaze into your crystal balls. And Sorry? <laughs> crystal balls. Yeah. And in five years' time, I want you to pick me who we'll be having this conversation about in five years' oh. time. There's a lot of young talent Right the way through the Premier League at the moment, who is going to be the cream of the crop? Now? Yeah. Rashford, Foden. Um, 
If you're going to back one, put your money on one, go, he's going to be a world beater. Who is it? Well, are you talking about, I mean, Rashford is already an international, so it's you need you need to be looking at people that have well, not, Sterling not and Sane for no, no, but, as well. They, yeah, but they're already there now, aren't they? They're, they're but I'm talking about who's conference. going to be at the top of their game in five years. Who is going to be the best player in the Premier League in five years' time? So those guys are going to be what? Could be 26, 27. It's a great age. Could be anyone, couldn't it? David, you, if, you, if David Silva's retired and you know City are still playing, they're still playing with Sterling and Sane, Bernardo Silva in the middle. And San, listen, Sane's got everything. He's only he's only kid yet, isn't it? Very true. Lots of promise in the Premier League for both teams at the moment. Right, we're going to move on from this. We're going to talk about Manchester City and that playoff final against Gillingham, which was 20 years ago next year. David, our guest in the studio, has written a book all about it. And we're going to talk Good a little book. bit more about a moment in history for City that changed their future. Stay there. This is the Excess Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. This is the Excess Manchester Football Social Legends Review and our two legends are Mickey Thomas and Gary Owen are in the studio. We've also got with us David Mooney. Evening, David. Hello. You're here to talk about your new book which covers the seismic moment in the history of Manchester City, that playoff final against Gillingham, which was 20 years ago. This May. This May, was it? This May come in, yeah. Doesn't make me feel old. (laughs) What made you decide that that was the moment you wanted to cover? Why did you want to write a book about that particular event well it was it, it was my second year as a season ticket holder and i'd only known rubbish at that time because <laughs> i mean that's, that's what it was i was 11 years old i'd seen city fall and fall and fall um and it it just seemed like the right time enough time had passed to to kind of make it you know it's it's right to be able to look back at it all the players are actually quite accessible and, and able you're able to to kind of get in touch with them quite easily through the club through you know various different things they've done after football so it was it was quite a Quite a nice challenge to be able to track them all down and uh, and have a word with them about that one game. And it was an absolutely massive game for City. I mean, no one could have predicted what was going to happen over the 20 years that followed, whether it be the takeover or whether it be Pep Guardiola or whatever. It's just... And it all comes from that from one, one goal. playoff game, doesn't one it? One goal. I mean, you you think about, about how things changed. Um you know, I spoke to David Bernstein, this isn't in the book, but I spoke to David Bernstein after I'd done the book. Um, and one of the things he was saying was, you know, at that time, he he's fairly sure City would have survived. They wouldn't have gone out of business. Somebody would have come in and there'd have been investment in some, some way or the other. Mm. Can I just but, say one thing? Sorry to interject there. Um, John Wardle. If John Wardle had not come in, him and Dave Makin, and put their own money into that, City would have gone out of business. Would have gone out of business. The White Knights, the same. That's, I mean, that's, that's the sort of thing. Somebody would come along and, and and kind of support the club at that time. But what what David Bernstein said was, if City didn't get promoted that year, they might not have moved to the Etihad, the City Manchester Stadium, and, and what's now the Etihad. And that was a key indicator in in Sheikh Mansour deciding to pick City over somebody else. He wanted the land around the stadium to be able to develop. So you know, if Paul Dickoff doesn't score. Maybe City get promoted a couple of times a few years later and get back into the Premier League, but they probably don't have the shakes you know, back in for, for the last few years. They probably don't have Guardiola. They probably don't have anything that, that's kind of come with it. And it's you know, when you look at it like that, is, is, is there a more important game in City's history? How much of this book is you talking to the players and their accounts and how much of it is you as a fan and your memories of that day and your relationship with the club? Uh, most of it is the players. Most of it is is their memories and their experiences. So this is this was a team that was um, it was thrown together, if you like. When when Joe Royal Joe Royal came, uh, when he described to me how, how it was when he arrived, um, and he said 
he had 54 professionals on his books. I mean, when you think about now, you have a squad of 25 players. He had more than double that at, at, at City. And he said, mm. I'd, I'd turn around the corner, I'd bump into three more players that I didn't know I had and <laughs> just, I just, had to get, I just had to get names out and out and out of the ground. On those players, though, and I've just gone through your book quickly, on appearance-wise, that... It's a quick no, reader, is on Mickey. He's done the whole book yeah. of that. No, he means looking at the pictures. I know he's just looking at the pictures, but <laughs> the players' appearances, they played at least 200 games. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, most, most of them played a, a fair chunk. But the, the, you think about about what that team was. It was, it was for the start of that season, was kind of thrown together through what Royal had. He'd, had. he'd had a couple of months to kind of get to know his squad and have to make very quick decisions on who he was going to keep and who he was going to mm. get rid of. And by the end of it, they just formed this, this, this bond as a team that I don't think I've seen in a City team up until last season. Well, I was reading the foreword in your book and it's written by Joe Royal and he talks about that experience and what led up to the final and the thing that came across that shone from the pages as I was reading that was this is a team of players who genuinely liked each other. The team yeah. spirit sounds like it was incredible. They, well, that's what got them out of it in the end. That was, you know, this was this was a club... I, you, Put it into context of what had happened in the early nineties. This this was a club falling out of the Premier yeah. League, falling, you know, going through managers, yeah, managers. Yeah. They had five managers in five months in one of the seasons, yeah. and it the, the, it was a fractured squad. There were there was so so many people pulling in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. And what this lot did was, you know, there were there were a group of kind of twenty odd players that made up the squad. There was, you know, there were, um, fourteen that that made the playoff final as as the squad for the game. They just all united, got together, and got City rowing in the right direction. And let, I mean, let's not pretend that the third tier playoff final is the most is, is like the crowning achievement here. It's not when you know won the treble. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not something to be. It's not a, a, a thing that you really want to celebrate. But you can appreciate what a turning point it was in City's history. Well, it's an interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's comparison. a great book, Jim. Sorry, I mean, it is a good book. I, I read a little bit of it, and that, and you know, I want to get to the end of it. What? what can you tell me what the end is? Did they win the game? Uh, well, Dickoff scores and then they win on penalties. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go back to half-time because you were chatting to a load of the players for this. You recorded a lot of the interviews, so we've got some clips taken from the book here. And you talked to the players about the feeling at half-time. It was a feeling stage, at 2-0, wasn't it? 2-0, yeah. so half, was it that not half-time? No, it was, it was, it was, Gillingham scored the second with about, ten, with about uh, four or five minutes to go. Right, OK, so, so two almost, nine, almost at the end yeah. of the game. So time running out for City, and this is how the players felt at that time. Um, if I press the right button, it is anyway. <laughs> I always remember, I, I got the ball out of the net as quick as I could and, and got it back to the halfway line, and I remember just saying, come on, you know, because we, obviously we'd just seen what United had done. I remember crouching down and, and my hands and knees thinking we're blowing it, um, but I can honestly say that I can't... I didn't actually know how long was left. I thought that was it, if I'm totally honest, as did everybody, even Gillian. I, I'll never forget it. I, I remember the ball got cleared down into our left-back position. Uh, it rolled out of play and I think we had a throw-in down near the, our own corner flag. And I turned and, and I was thinking, oh, we've got to go back to... I won't name the club. We've got to go back there, we've got to go back there. Oh, dear, what, 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 what's happened? And I remember looking up and seeing there two centre-halves cuddling each other, jumping up and down on the spot. And, and, and that, that will always stick with me because... The disappointment I felt at that moment was, was incredible. I do remember also when the second goal went in, I turned to Willie Donachy and said, uh, it looks like Scunny next season, you know, and, and Scunthorpe had just won the playoff the day before, you know, with the influences that we'd now have Scunthorpe to contend with. It, it was just the way I was feeling. Nicky Weaver, Paul Dickoff, Kevin Horlock and Joe Royal speaking there. You guys must have remembered the half-time. Gio, do you remember looking that at the full-time? I was commentating 2 down. 
were commentating, so you were in the ground at the time. So how, did how you, you think feeling it was all over? Well, I've got to say to you, I never thought I'd have I never, my, that my my whole emotions could could ever be from one extreme to another in such a short time because it went from 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 excitement to disappointment to elation to I mean unbelievable every every emotion went went through me and obviously mm. the worst emotions went as the game went on and we got to tune with with minutes to go and then we got one back and we thought well it's a consolation but who knows uh, it's just not enough and then we got another one and then we thought fantastic everyone even crazy but then it came back to the same old city. We get to penalties and we'll probably lose on penalties. So they build you up to knock you down again. So commentating on that was, was really difficult. And the only way that I could say that ever that could ever be beaten was, was the Aguero goal Guys, against, uh, against, uh, against, uh, against uh, Guys, we'll come to you. Obviously, you, you wrote the book. Now, the, the history, of course, winning the Premiership in that way with Aguero. That game against Gillingham, you wrote about it. <laughs> How do you pick that between Aguero's goal? What would be the moment for you being a City fan? Then? Well, the, because that's difficult, isn't it? The that funny was thing a very is, big moment in City's history. You said it. I, yeah. I agree with you. And it's it's really hard to pick between the two because if Aguero doesn't score that goal, City will still win the title at some point. If Dickoff doesn't score that one, do they get back to the Premier League? Do they? Does does? I mean, we said before, does Sheikh Mansour invest in the club? Yeah. So. I mean, ultimately, I'm biased in all this, but I, I mean, I, 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 I would I go for the dick off. Yeah, I would go for the dick off. So that's the more important, but the more, the more extraordinary would be the Aguero one. You, the Aguero was important, there's no question, Jim, was it? But because the book is so fascinating, because it is one of the biggest games in City's history. Yeah, completely. At that particular time, that's why I asked him, would it be Aguero would overtake that or the Gillingham game? Because this book is a big, big part of City's history. What I think is nice about this book is, as you say, it's a big, big part of City's history. And here's a big question for you, David, because (laughs) the red half of Manchester would like to remind City fans constantly that they have no history beyond the move to the Etihad, beyond the takeover. So, you do have a history, but it is very different to the history that United has. This is something. Would you swap this history of second division playoffs and regular disappointment and typical City for what United were doing at that time which was playing in Champions League that's, finals that's like asking a parent would they swap their child <laughs> for somebody else you just, you just wouldn't do it there's 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 something that like United fans just don't get about City and that is City fans are proud of this history City fans are proud of being the only top flight team that was relegated the year after winning the league they're the only team that's back in the 30s you know nobody else has ever done that you know, City fans love this sort of stuff. And what when United fans say, oh, the, the club has got no history, what they mean is they've not won a lot of things. They've not won things like we did. And if, and if your history is ultimately just a list of things that you've won, it's a bit dull, isn't it? That's the Why, kind of would, you, would, you, would you rather not have something a lot more interesting? This is interesting history. That's the kind of statement we should begin these shows with rather than end them. <laughs> David, good luck with the book. Where Thank is you it available? Much. Where you can go it's and get it? Uh, it's uh, in Walterstones. It's also online at uh, Amazon. You can get it from davemooney.co.uk as well. Top man. Good luck with it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to Mickey and Gary. We'll be back with another Excess Manchester Football Social tomorrow. It's the turn of Forever Blue. Ian Cheeseman will be here to discuss all things Manchester City. And we'll see you then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.